Welcome to the Haunting or Not podcast, a show that takes an interesting and some would say different approach to explaining hauntings, the paranormal, demonic forces. Are they real hauntings or not? Hi, my name's John J. Wally. In addition to being a radio host, I'm a retired police sergeant, and I take an evidence-based approach to these stories. And I'm Stephanie Wiley. Yes, we're married and have been for a long time. Some would say that I am more, oh, of the little touchy-feely type. Together, we present haunting or not stories that differ from the majority of other podcasts out there. We are proud to be a show on the Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Look for Haunting or Not. And today we have a very special episode of the Haunting or Not podcast. My name's John J. Wiley, joined by... Stephanie Wiley. And the reason I say it's special is because you had an encounter at work. By the way, Stephanie works for a company called Boosted Auto. And they have locations in Deerfield Beach, Florida, Boynton Beach, Florida, Delray Beach, Florida, and West Palm Beach, Florida. That's right. And one of my customers came in the other day and happened to mention that he and his wife were going away for the weekend for their anniversary. I said, uh, where are you going? St. Augustine. Oh, my goodness. One of our favorite cities in the United States of America, exactly. St. Augustine. And I told him that we're very familiar. And I said, hey, have you been up there before? And he said, nope, first time. So knowing our experiences, and we did a podcast, in fact, on the St. Augustine area. Yeah, we had an episode bit, about uh, Scarlett O'Hara's. Is it the most haunted pub in America? Yes. Or was it? Because it it's was. now it's closed, closed and sold. That's right. So we started talking about the hauntings. And he said, oh, my wife is so into that. I said, oh, I am too. They have ghost tours up there. Take advantage of it. He says, hey, have you ever heard of, and I always have a hard time pronouncing this town. I don't know why, but it's Midgelville. No, Milledgeville. Millage, like village, right? You want to put the D's in first. I don't know why. Here, When you first told me about this. Oh, yes. She's saying it's one of the largest mental institutions in the United States. It is so haunted. I'm like, oh, I got to hear more. So she's like, it's a place called Middleville, Georgia. And I'm yes. like, Middleville? We couldn't find it anywhere. And I'm Googling Middleville and I can't find it. And it keeps coming up with Milledgeville. And I'm like, could it be Milledgeville, yes, Georgia? It turns it out is. it is. So after what he shared with me, and it was the scariest stories, truly, that I've almost heard, I had to look it up myself. I want to tell people right away, I think there is some merit to oh. the claims of the hauntings in Milledgeville, Georgia, at the mental institution. Finally. We'll, we'll explain why in a moment, but one of the factors is mm-hmm. because you told me about this. Yes. Yes. Well, and when it, you started telling me about it, I started getting the, the hair standing up in the back of my neck. So there's two things right there I'm not ignoring. True. You have to listen to I don't ignore guy. the boss, and I don't ignore the, the little short That's hairs on right. the back of my neck. Now, if you've never heard our podcast before, and you're listening for the first time, it is really John's belief that mm, a lot of this might be a little hype. Well, I think a lot of it is highly commercialized. And when there is a commercial element where people can make a profit off it, then I'm very skeptical of haunting claims. Yes, I know. I always say this. I think a lot of the actual ghosts that do occur Mm -hmm. that are for real, and you'll get to decide whether it's for real or not in a few moments, they don't mean us any harm. 
No. When it comes to demonic possessions. That's a different story. That's a different story. There, there truly is evil, and they truly mean harm to people. So this one, and the other thing I always have a, a problem with, is every story, mm-hmm. there's a horrendous backstory of well, some trauma. They had to die violently to become a ghost. I will give you that. But at the same time, I think that's part of why places are so haunted and the ghosts are there because of that violent death. Well, here's one of the reasons why I, and I want people to, to realize this. We'll tell you details in a moment. Milledgeville, Georgia. In 1837, Georgia lawmakers authorized and I'm quoting them, mm-hmm. a lunatic, idiot, and epileptic asylum. Lovely That's name. what they called it. I know. None of which would be grammatically correct or even Public. socially correct or politically correct nowadays. Of course not. Uh, Chris be ruined for saying something like that. However, these people were tortured souls in their actual lives. It is. So why would there not be a tortured soul afterwards? That part... and You can understand. And also, the the mental asylum's closed and has been for a long time. Oh, yes. And they don't allow people in there. No, this is... You can't go in for a tour. This is not one of those places that has been commercialized. There you go. no money off of it. There you go. But however, I just want to mention, the customer that told me about this, when he was up there working... He lays gas pipes, right. the gas lines. They actually had to be on the property and go in to some of the buildings because there are multiple structures on that property. It's acres and acres large. They were in the basement and talk about hair rising on the back of their neck. He said he and all of his coworkers go, walking through there had chills in their body here standing up and could feel presence. There were still wheelchairs with cobwebs mm-hmm. and stretchers. Super creepy. Oh. Super, super creepy. I, I got to ask you this. Wasn't there a warning given to him that you're going to go here to work, but be aware that there are reported hauntings and ghosts and ghost encounters? Yes, there were. And don't be surprised. And the guys kind of brushed it off, except for his wife. So it was a real shock to all of them when they actually experienced it. Well, you and I have been married now. A long time. Well over 20 some odd years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I jokingly tell people is I call you, my wife, the boss. Mm-hmm. One of the secrets I've learned a long time ago to a happy marriage is when your wife says something, don't contradict her. That's true. And unless you're arguing, that's a different story. When she says this place is haunted. You believe you it. You better believe her. Yes. And when you say this place is haunted because this guy told you, yes. I'm kind of <laughs> inclined to believe you. So he got there. He was doing work on the facility, him and his team, laying gas pipe. Did he, besides the, the, the hair standing up on the back of his neck and the, the cool chills and all that stuff, and seeing the abandoned wheelchairs with cobwebs, was there any? Anything that he encountered that he told you about that would let lead credence to potential haunting? Yes, he did. He and two of his co-workers saw something move up ahead. As they approached this long hallway, as he described it, in the opposite direction was what he described as an apparition of somebody that was in what appeared to be similar to a hospital gown. 
with the uh, back end wide open? That, no, that, he oh. didn't. He didn't say that. Um, but it wasn't just him. It wasn't his coworkers who told him. He and two of his buddies saw it, felt it, and believe it to be one hundred and ten percent true. I would love to see photos. And I would, here's the thing, and I say this all the time: these shows that have the so-called paranormal experts, yes, and, with and all the equipment. All, no one has that kind of equipment. But when someone walks in and they say, we experienced this, mm-hmm. then I have two choices. Either I can believe that what they're saying or I discount totally what they're saying on his face. Right. It's not like you can sit there and, and say, oh, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. No, but when something happens that quickly, you can't say, oh, let me grab a camera and get that. They're gone. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, and I, you do a little research and I'm starting to do that now. So mm-hmm. Milledgeville, by the way, is located in Georgia. It's about an hour northeast of Macon, Georgia, mm-hmm. and about an hour and a half southeast of Atlanta. Well, quite a long time ago, that almost became the state capital before Atlanta. So, And I'm looking at this website, atlantamagazine.com. Mm-hmm. They've got an article. If you type in, do a Google search for Milledgeville, Georgia, mental institution it should pop up and it shows photos of it it's been closed for quite a while some of the photos that they have of the old facility reminds me of scenes from movies i'm wondering if some of these creepy scary movies were filmed there it's possible i don't know i suspect perhaps not inside but the grounds and the buildings they are true to what you envision when you hear about uh-huh. a haunted building. Well, here, I'm actually on this website, and they What's show Georgia's state seal mm-hmm. is on the facade of the vast and imposing Jones Building, built in 1929, on the quad surrounding a pecan grove. It's been left to rot since 1979. The 142,140-square-foot building once served as a general-purpose hospital. The interior provided locations for the TV show, The Originals, of Vampire Diaries spinoff. Oh, so you were right. Which I've never seen. Good call. I haven't either. But I think it's the type of place that we should watch. We return. We're going to talk more about the asylum, Milledgeville, Georgia. Could it be one of the most haunted places in the United States? This is the Haunting or Not podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Discover the exciting world of podcasts at hefepods.com. Immerse yourself in exciting stories, learn new knowledge, and connect with great podcasts in both English and Spanish at hefepods.com. From captivating stories to life advice and much more, there's a podcast for every interest and passion. English and the hard-to-find Spanish language podcasts are all at hefepods.com. Don't waste any more time. Find a great English or Spanish language podcast to follow and discover a world of possibilities in your own language. Find the best podcasts at hefepods.com. Welcome back to the Haunting or Not podcast. We are talking about the mental hospital in Milledgeville, Georgia. It used to be called something totally different. So something totally inappropriate that I'll be honest with you, I am reluctant to say. If you go to atlantamagazine.com, you'll see that it used to be called the Lunatic Asylum. Yes. 
for lunatics, idiots, and epileptics. Mm-hmm. And the Georgia lawmakers authorized it in 1837. So I did my highly scientific oh, yes, your approach research. to researching. Mm-hmm. As you know, I love the research stuff. What do you find? Milledgeville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Very low cost of living. The median household price is about $127,000. That is. I did see one at 1.5, one at 399, but most are like 125. Wow. So there, there's a really afford, affordability factor. However, the crime rate in Milledgeville, Georgia, is 6,324 crime reports per 100,000 residents. It's one of the highest regions in the United States. What? Yeah. They say your chance to become a victim of any type of crime in Milledgeville is 1 in 16 if you live there for a year. That's a little too high for my liking. Right. And you it's not sit, city. And you wonder why this this mental hospital has been closed since 1979. Well, At least part of it, I could say. Could be relatives right. of some of these. I don't know. What did you call them earlier? I said relatives. Relatives. <laughs> the, 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 Let's I've leave that one alone. i got to say this story. And I, I told Stephanie this story earlier. I'm retired from the Baltimore Police Department. Mm-hmm. And when I was a rookie, oh, when I was brand new in the Northwest District of Baltimore, I got assigned to work with an old timer. Name, we'll call him Bobby. Mm-hmm. That was his first name. That's who he went by. His first name was Robert. And we had to take uh, someone who was committed for a long term to Springfield State Mental Hospital. Okay. I was all of 22 years old, really squared away. I mean, creases upon creases and everything. Oh, I'm sure. It didn't know anything Anything. about nothing, but uh, I looked really good. So we get there, and we're walking this, this person into Springfield State Mental Hospital, and literally, it's like a scene from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It is so bizarre. There's a guy, as soon as I walk in the door, having a full-on conversation with John F. Kennedy. Oh, sure. He's been <laughs> dead <sorry>. forever. <laughs> a full-on conversation. Uh, I, I walked right by him. Didn't matter. Other ones are doing that, you know, the the, the rocking Moving back and back forth. and yeah. forth. Then there was a person sitting there masturbating in the hallway. That's lovely. And I'm thinking... Man, I cannot get out of this joint fast enough. That's what I'm thinking of. When I think of anything related to mental hospitals, my mind goes back to that. Well, I I think I can understand why. You're also talking about a while ago, even though that wasn't a century ago, of course. That was like 1981. Which is still fairly recent in its relative to this being- Well, here's the funny thing. Sometimes it seems like a lifetime ago. Other times it seems like yesterday. True. When I see songs that came out in the early 1980s, I go, there's no way that song came out that far away. Certainly not. However, the state hospitals that we're speaking of they are not, most of them are not even open today. And the treatment of people with mental illness, I don't even know that I can come up with a strong enough word, John, to describe. There's some horrific stuff they did. They're, they're, uh, look, one of the things that term they use, lunatic. Yes. It's closely tied to the lunar or moon right. cycles. Uh, so, the idiot. I, when I say idiot, I usually say that in traffic when I'm driving. Yes, I think what we kind of idiot go. are you? That's what I'm saying to myself. Um, and epileptics, you know, they've made a lot of progress, and, and a lot of people with epilepsy do really, really well. However, uh, there are some mentally disturbed people, and it is sad to watch. And what they used to do with these people, lobotomies, from lobotomies electric shock therapy, all those things, yeah. Chained to their bed. They even had at this yeah. particular um, 
hospital that we're speaking of today locked in cages. And I don't mean short term. No food, no water, and to sit in their own waste. Yeah, that's not good. And no, they I don't care how you phrase died. it, it's not good. How can you treat a human being this way? No. And by the way, I'm, I'm looking at that AtlantaMagazine.com. The very first patient was Tillman B. of Bibb County, Georgia. He arrived there in December 1842. He died of... And I'm quoting, uh-huh. maniacal exhaustion before the next summer. Oh, it just it's beyond heartbreaking. I cannot wrap my brain around a human treating another human like this. But this was truly commonplace. Yeah. Not isolated. By the way, thousands of Georgians were shipped to Milledgeville, often with unspecified conditions or disabilities that did not warrant a classification of mental illness. Well, a little bit more of a label than funny, but mm-hmm. not mentally ill. There were some, and many parents back in the day would threaten their children and misbehaving with, I'm going to send you to Milledgeville. Oh. How many, approximately how many people are buried on the property there that died there? 270,000. Not 27,000. Wow. The number's so large, I can't really understand that either. And of course, they're all unmarked graves, as if they were not people. That's the, the, the really horrifying thing. Some of the things that we talked about that were standard practice over the years, and granted, medical treatment has, has made a lot of progress. Of course. When it comes to psychiatric conditions, a lot of progress as well. Sometimes, some of these things, I don't know. And I'll just say this. If I was a kid nowadays in elementary school, they'd have me on all kinds of medicine. I mean, they'd be like, they'd be labeling me with everything in the world. Every letter. Now, I'm looking at AtlantaMagazine.com, the article about uh, the asylum, and and I'm quoting them. The hospital outgrew its resources by the 1950s. The staff-to-patient ratio was a miserable one to 100. So, 100 100 People. people to each staff member. Doctors wielded the psychiatric tools at the time, including lobotomies, insulin shock, early electric shock therapy, along with far less sophisticated techniques, uh-uh. including children confined in metal cages, adults forced to take steam baths and cold showers, confined in straitjackets, and treated with douches or nauseants. Oh. And has witnessed the heights of man, manly or lack of, and the depths of, depths of his degradation. Dr. Peter G. Cranford, the chief clinical psychologist at the hospital in 1952, wrote in his book called But for the Grace of God, the inside story of the world's largest insane asylum. It also has a reputation as being the world's largest insane asylum. Wow. Well, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Knowing everything that we just spoke about, how could anybody not believe that this is a haunted facility and property? Just the thought of those poor souls. I, I just, it's almost too much. I would expect it had that gentleman right. not shared it with me and I came across it on my own. Well, as I said earlier, one of the things that leads or lends credibility to their, the claim of hauntings is the story that he was it's closed. Mm-hmm. They don't open it to the public. No. There's no commercial aspect for money-making or profitability off this. No. Uh, there is a couple hundred, almost a couple hundred years worth of scandal and horrible treatment of people. Mm-hmm. So many people died there. 
violently. So many people that were institutionalized, for nowadays would not be, and they were tortured souls when they were alive. So they would be when they passed on. And then the claims of the man you met at work. He's like, we saw apparitions. We saw he this. He saw we it felt himself. This. So here's the question. And I would love for people to, to research this. If, number one, if you are familiar with Milledgeville, Georgia, and the mental institution. We want to hear from We'd you. love to hear from you. Just go to hefepods.com. That's J-E-F-E-Pods.com. If you are not familiar with it like I am not, you can do a Google search and just type in Milledgeville, Georgia Mental Institution, and you should find the Atlanta Magazine article. Yes, and many, many, many others. I think we're going to have to revisit this one because... There's so much more. Well, I'd love to find out what movies are filmed there because it's got that that feel. And by the way, if people ask me a question, is this a real haunting or not? I think you're going to say yes. I would probably say leaning towards... Yes. Possibly yes. That's a big that's a big move for you. You decide is Milledgeville, Georgia, the mental institution haunted or not. Thank you for joining us on the Haunting or Not podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a huge favor, tell a friend or two or three. Remember to follow us on Facebook. Keep track of what's going on, upcoming episodes, past episodes and more. On Facebook, look for Hunting or Not. We'll be back in just a few days with a new episode. Until then, see ya.